If you would love to create a transformational and successful coaching business, but you don't know where to start or how to make this a full-time career, then my new certification program, Influential Coach, is for you. There is no other four-month live online mastermind like this. I'm going all in, guns blazing on this one with you to skyrocket your coaching career and personal brand online. You will learn the frameworks I personally use for rapid transformational coaching so you can support your clients to achieve their dreams no matter where they are in life. You will also learn how to authentically brand and market yourself as a coach so you can stand out from the rest and build a career of freedom and fulfillment. Spots are limited and this is an application only program. So if you're serious about finally committing to building a successful career in transformational coaching, then head over to imjoelbrown.com slash coach and apply today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with Dr. Ish Major, who is the host of Marriage Bootcamp, which is a hit reality TV show. I cannot wait for you to hear all about this. It's such a real show that dives in to the challenges that people have within their uh, relationships and marriage. Ish is also a board certified psychiatrist of relationship and life coaching, dating, mating, and relating expert. I cannot wait for you to be connected with and to hear what Ish has to say. Ish, I've been watching your videos for a little while now. You've got so much amazing content out there. And uh, I've seen some snippets from your TV show as well, man. Good stuff. You're, you're doing amazing things in this world. I appreciate that, Joel. It's coming from your brother, it, mean, it means a lot because I've been following your content too. And it's just, it's always authentic and it's always genuine and it always resonates. So yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. I, and I, you know, people like us, we enjoy doing the thing. We enjoy helping the people with the thing. And so it kind of, it's a cool way to be. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we're in a really interesting time. I, I think, you know, we've gone through this whole coronavirus situation. And I think that some people may be in a bit of confusion about what's happening in the world. And I think mm -hmm. what can happen quite often is we also can bring that confusion into our relationships or the stress, the anxiety, the fear, whatever it may be that we're experiencing at the time. What has uh, your experience lately been around dating and relationships when it comes to what's happening in the world right now? Well, it's a tough, it's a tough time to be in a relationship, man. Um, it's, if you've got a good one, it's a great time to be in one. But, um, but most of us are in relationships and they're not good all the time. And so it's a, it's a hard, tricky time. And it's hard for the single folks, too. It's like... Um, this is like the perfect storm, right? We got the, we had the Corona crisis hit and it's like, Oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm going to be okay. Or like, will I walk outside and be okay? I don't know. And then from there we felt the financial stress. It's like, Oh my goodness, I don't know if we're going to be okay. I'm going to, are we going to have enough to to get the bills paid? And then from there, boom, we had the perfect storm. It's like all of our houses are burning down. Right. And if the house is burning down, what's the first thing you do? You reach for what you think is valuable, right? Whether it's your partner, kids, car keys, money, what, right? The things you're going to need once you're out of this house, should this structure fall. And so that's where we all fell back to on our relationships, right? It's a valuable thing to us. And so we're like, okay, great. I don't know what's happening in the world, but I've got you. And so let's focus on that. And then as folks started to focus on it, they started to realize that maybe it wasn't <laughs> exactly what they thought it was, right? And so the divorce yeah. rate spiked. 55% and rising. Domestic violence rates spiked, still going higher. And substance abuse rates spiked. And so I think you had two types of couples going into it. You had the couples who were doing okay. And they're like, okay, listen, we're going we're gonna to figure out how to get through this thing the best we can. I know I don't need to help you with it much. You don't have, you don't have to help me with it much. But, you know, we, we, let's look at the positive. We get to actually spend some more time with each other. And, you know, and, and let's dive into that part. Then you had the couples, Joel, who weren't doing so great. And it's like, oh, oh, Lord, now what? <laughs> right? I used to, at least I could, before I could leave the house for like 10 to 12 hours a day, I could sit in traffic and I'd do my work for eight hours and I could drive back home. Now I'm looking at you 12 to 15 hours a day and I, you know, I don't know how we do that. So for those folks, you just got to address the elephant in the room, right? It's like couples don't get into trouble because they can't resolve the problem well. You don't really even have to resolve the problem most couples get into trouble because they don't address it in the first place. And so you just got to walk in, have a really grown up conversation and say, listen, we are not in a good place. I know I've done some things that have contributed to that. And obviously, you know, you've done some things as well. I'm sure you feel that. Right. And so 
I don't know how we get through this thing, but at the end of the day, what we are is friends and friends have empathy. Friends care about how you get through a situation. I care about how you get this thing, get through this. I hope you care about how I get through it. And at the end of it, I hope neither one of us are standing in the way of us being happy. Whether we're standing together or apart, I don't know. But just doing that one little thing, Joe, just saying, hey, you know what? Things ain't perfect. We got a problem. I don't know how to fix it, but I'm willing to talk about it. And now you just diffuse the situation. You took it from a 12 down to about a three or four. Now we can deal with it. Yes. Yes, man. I love that. It's, it's diffusing it because it's, it's yeah. basically in that moment you're saying, hey, I'm here on your team. Let's work this right. out. Right. Rather than yeah. I'm your enemy in this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of the first things I remind each couple who comes to me and they're just going at, hey, first rule of engagement, we're on the same team. <laughs> right. The reason you guys keep showing up is because you still believe you can make each other happy. Let's figure out a way to help you do that. Same team. Us against them, us against the problem. It's us against Corona, us against the bills, us, us against, you know, discriminate, us against every other thing. So let's remember that point. Yeah. And I, I think the thing is, right, and you know this for sure as a psychiatrist, is that you know that a lot of people are so in their emotions and it's hard to make a logical decision when you're in that place. I think that's what's happening right now. Like people won't change. But the way they're responding to it isn't always going to be the most effective way to do it. And it just, it shows up in relationships. It shows up in society. It shows up even within our own inner conflict as well. Right now I had a conversation with somebody yesterday and they were talking about how they were staying in a relationship for too long. Right. Mm -hmm. And there was, they were just kind of confused in how to make the decision. Should I, you know, pull, pull, pull it out. Should I, you know, like, should I stay with it? Like, what should I do? Should I back out of this relationship right now? Or should I stay in? And I asked her, do you see yourself with this person in the next five years? And she's like, mm. I'm like, don't think about it. Go. What is it? And she's like, no. And I'm like, why are you, why are you in it? Tell me why you're in it. And she was just like, uh, she was so caught in it because I think she liked the idea of the person more than the actual person itself or the dynamic of what the relationship actually was in reality. Do you find this often? All the time, man, all the time, because we're, we're humans, right? So we're creatures of habit. We like the routine. This is why the Corona crisis and everything else has been so disturbing for all of us because it's disrupted our routines. The routine is how I know I'm going to be okay tomorrow because I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow that I did today. I'm going to wake up at the same time, say, take the same route to work, take lunch at the same time. I'm going to have my coffee out of the same mug. I'm going to go home at the same, right? Once the routine is upset, our brains don't like it. And so your brain will trick you into thinking that the routine is better than the option of the new thing because the new thing is unknown and we've got to work and create a new routine. Your brain would rather not do that. Your brain would rather just do the same thing, even though the same thing no longer feels good. And so relationships are, are the exact same thing. And we make all these excuses, right? All these excuses that say, well, he's, they're not that bad. Well, they're pretty, 80% of everything I want. Well, we've been together so long, Joel. Well, Joel, I just don't want to start over. Well, Joel, there's just no good guys out there. There are no good women out there, right? All these excuses to settle for being less than 100% happy. Right. And so that's the thing. And so you really got to have that internal confidence. What is it? What is it about me that's telling me that's all I deserve in this situation? Right. What is it about me that's telling me I don't deserve to be fully happy with the person who I love and who's supposed to be loving me back? And you got to have those conversations. And, you know, go, going back to the conversation you had, you hit a spot on where you're going to be in five years. Right. Because women are more guilty of making this mistake than guys, but we make it sometimes too. And that's that we look at everything they could be, right? We're like, listen, you know, they're, they're not perfect yet, but if I can, you know, shape them and mold them and dress them up properly and teach them, right? They'll be the perfect person. And the thing is, you get the partner you pick, not the partner they could be. You got the who they are today is who they're going to, is who you're dealing with. That's the person you're with and you got to go with that. Yeah, yeah, because you're not just dating their looks, or how funny they are or how smart they are. You're also dating their wounds and their patterns, 
when right. you're saying just then that that person is showing up in that way, that's obviously the effect. What's the cause? Well, the cause is the cause usually goes back to that the more important relationship, which is how you feel about yourself. Right? It's it's everything to me, the way I think about life in general is just relationships, relationships with you, relationships with them, but more importantly, the relationship with myself, right? We all when it comes to our romantic relationships, we, we all pick the love we think we deserve. Now let's get busy understanding why it is you think that's what you deserve, right? Because we think there are different mm. levels to that, right? <laughs> there are many, some people think like, I deserve to be happy every single day. That's my life and that's what I'm gonna try and work on attracting and, and matching that vibration. Some people like, well, you know what? Uh, the model I have says that you're not going to be happy every day, but you can be happy every third Wednesday. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to pitch, right? And so a lot of it goes back to what we've seen, right? We're, we're all products of our environment and what we've seen, unless we've done that work to really analyze it and look for it and, you know, and, and grow beyond it. But it's really what it is you think you deserve. And why do you think I said, well, you know, I'm a little overweight, so I'll probably, this is, this is fine. Well, you know what? I'm not as successful. I don't make as much money as I need to. And so, I think this kind of person was, I would feel more comfortable because I think they'd feel more comfortable with, well, you know, I had, I had that thing happen, Joel, and it just kind of changed the way I felt about myself. And so now my confidence is a little, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay with this, I, I guess. And so it's really, you really got to analyze how you think about yourself. Yeah. So how do we have a better relationship with ourselves so that we're not in this fear of abandonment or this fear of, even losing ourselves in relationship? Yeah, well, that's the million dollar question. You gotta polish up your connection, right? Because when we all got here, we, we all came here with a promise. The promise was, I will come to this place in this physical form and I will share the gift that I was born with. We all got a thing to share. We all got this one thing that we, we do better than anybody else with as little effort as possible. We could do it blindfold. We could do it one hand tied behind our back and it comes out phenomenally, right? Think about, think about the last time you saw an angry baby. Well, you barely just don't see it, right? Babies are happy, little bundles of joy. We were born joyful, and then the world started to teach us that, oh, you can't be happy all the time because sometimes you get bad grades. Well, you can't be happy all the time because you know, sometimes bad things happen that are out of your control. You can't be happy all the time because sometimes people do things that hurt your feelings and violate you. And so as we start to get more and more of these layers, you know, piles of dirt, it covers up our connection with that source, that creator, whatever, you, you know, whatever that power is that, that you believe in when the days get dark, whatever you call it, you got to make sure you keep that connection as polished and as clean and as linear and as clear as possible because the more it gets cloudy, the more you will accept the idea that I don't deserve everything that I thought I did, right? Think about, think about a little kid. You ask a, a first grader what do they want to be when they grow up, no first grader ever says, you know what, you know what I think? I think I want to do fries at McDonald's. That's not what they say, right? Because they're shooting for the moon. Nothing wrong with doing fries, right? It's a respectable job. You've shown up and doing an honest day's work. But that's not something folks will know. A little kid who doesn't know anything about failure yet would aspire to, right? They're like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fireman. I want, I want these wild and crazy things that, oh, by the way, ain't so wild and crazy until life teaches you that maybe you can't get it. And so it's all about keeping that connection as polished as possible. Yeah, what a great answer. I love that. So we have a lot of entrepreneur listeners on here, or at yeah. least aspiring entrepreneurs yeah. or established. And what I do find is that a lot of uh, entrepreneurial couples or at least a, a couple where one is the entrepreneur and one isn't, they tend to have some challenges around this. The, the women are, are maybe too much in their masculine uh, at times, uh, and then sometimes within like a dynamic where one is an entrepreneur and the other isn't, the other feels neglected because work comes first. What are some challenges that you've experienced in your uh, line of work when it comes to supporting people in this space? And then what are some solutions around this? Because I know a lot of people are probably wondering, like, how, how can I improve my relationship as an entrepreneur? It's, it's tough, right? Because it's easy to get if you're an entrepreneur, that's your thing, right? Um, it's, it's the thing you're passionate about doing. It's the thing that you're consistently wanting to bring and manifest to the world. And most entrepreneurs I know, I'm sure you find the same thing, they're highly, highly driven, 
right? It's the reason they can do it because they're laser focused to the point that it creates blind spots, right? If that's the, the main thing you're doing, well, maybe I'm not hitting the gym like I'm supposed to. So maybe my body, you know, the, the six pack is looking like a one pack, right? <laughs> now, okay, okay, if, I'm, if I'm laser focused, you know, maybe my relationships are suffering. You know, I missed my little girl's recital last week because I was working late, okay? And so you always got to be mindful of the other things. So what you've got to do is learn how to turn it into a strength, right? The relationship is not a distraction, right? It's, it's there to empower you. It's there to help you. How can, how can this be something that helps empower me, right? Maybe it's the point. Maybe it is. Maybe the reason I'm having to spend so much time at work is because I don't have a new, I need a new perspective. My relationship, if I unplug and go spend some time over here where it's good and it feels great, then I can come back to it refreshed with a new, with a new perspective, right? That's one, way to, that's one way to look at it. This is the place to go to recharge. It's not a place to go to distract you. If you think of it as a distraction, it's going to be not too long before you start to get very resentful of it and you're not going to want to do it. You're going to be angry. You're never going to be present in the moment when you're there because I'm thinking, you know what? If I wasn't here at this dinner, I could be out here making this deal. And making this money so that's that's a problem the other thing is you know what else, how could you make this a little bit better well what if there were some things i could share about my business in my relationship right what if what if we could talk about what if i could get somebody who is a total creative not business-minded at all what if i could get that perspective right there are always things to learn from each other people think that we got to be the same in order to be good together no Sometimes the most opposite of couples are the best because they keep the curiosity going. Hey, this is, this is how I think about it in this world. This is how you think about it in that world. I wonder if there's something for us to learn here, you know? And so there are ways to do that. I would not advise doing it together. <laughs> there are a lot of couples who go into business together sometimes, and sometimes it's, it's overload, right? Because our work self is very, very different than our relationship romantic self. And so you may start to see some sides of each other that you don't really know who that is. And oh, by the way, I don't really like it that much, but there's always, there's always strength there. So you just gotta, you gotta look at it, not from the problem as a detractor, something that's taken away from your time, your attention, your focus is there to add to it. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to get a business partner from outside the relationship <laughs> to build the business. Yeah, totally get that, man. Totally get that. So your TV show, I've seen some of the snippets. It's so cool, man. I love that you sit down with these couples. You, you work with a lot of celebrities and you know, hip hop artists and, and athletes and you walk them through the challenges that they have in their relationships. It, if you're listening right now, make sure you check out Marriage Bootcamp, right? It's on WeTV, right? You can check it out. Uh, Ish, I wanted to ask you, what has been maybe one or two of the biggest breakthroughs on this TV show that you can share with us so that we can learn from it too? Yeah, man, I knew uh, we um, we do this really cool drill uh, where we where we it's called your inner child. Right. And so we have folks come out and and we had um, we had a, we had this. I still think of him as a young as a young kid to me because of the age where we had Soldier Boy. Right. And, and, you know, he was, you know, big, big time rapper, millionaire, 16 years old you know, just out there doing outlandish things, over the top, loud spoken, but he didn't treat women well, right? Um, and so we did this thing, I, I want you to give me two, two bad memories, one good memory, right? And, and one, of, one of his memories was, was when he had to pick between mom and dad are splitting up, who do, I, who do I go live with, right? Do I go with mom or do I go with dad? And it was just a, a horrible, horrible thing for a 10 year old kid to have to to, to pick between and and for them that's for him that's where a lot of his anger came from when it came to relationships when it came to women and so when the little version of him came out and started talking about it he could see yeah that that affected me in ways that I never thought were possible now now I see how unfair it was for me to have to make that call you know his his folks were like who do you want to go with do you want to go with mom or do you they left it up to him right what a, what a horrible choice to have to make as a little as a little boy. You love your mom, you love your dad. It's like it's, it's impossible. And so, uh, if he, once he was able to get the thirty thousand foot view and understand, hey, you know what? That was that was a decision I shouldn't have 
I shouldn't feel bad about not getting that call right because I was 10. You know, so one of the things we do is we, we have those really cool moments where we give, we allow folks to get the 30,000 foot view and finally get back and heal some of that unhealed trauma, right? We've all got these, these hurts. We've all got, I don't care where you're from, what language you speak, how, what color your skin is, you know, who you love. We, the same types of bad things happen to all of us, right? We've all got a hurt. We've all got a disappointment. We've all had that time where somebody did something that made us feel bad or, you know, we were looking forward to this thing and now it doesn't happen. And, and so it's just, a, it's about learning how to process that, you know, don't leave it unprocessed. Don't leave it unhealed because one unhealed hurt over here and then another unhealed hurt over here and then another one over here. And you're bringing all of these things to bear in your life. And more importantly, in your relationships, most of the, people fight in relationships because they're not reacting to what's happening in the moment. Right. Are you really that upset because I don't like the dress you got on or are you more upset because the last person who didn't like that dress ended up finding a whole other things they didn't like and you're anticipating that happening with me? Are you really this upset because I'm five minutes late or are you interpreting that as me being not interested and so you remember the last time that happened when somebody wasn't interested and now you're right and so it's all about having your connection as clean as possible so we can stay in the moment. <laughs> Let's just stay right. Let's stay right here in the moment. And the more we can do that, the more we can enjoy each other and cut out some of the fluff on the outside. Yes, I love that, man. I love it. We had a relationship expert, poor, would have been about five years ago, jump on the podcast. And she said, I like to fight clean and make dirty, dirty love. <laughs> I kind of laughed at that because it's like, oh, okay. It's like the other way around, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. Keep it clean and get to the good stuff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. So, all right, this is, this is good because I know like a lot of people nowadays are uh, very much in this competitive world. Uh, especially for comparison, when we look at social media, everyone's kind of comparing and they're, they're wondering, am I good enough? Why am I not getting validated or approved of? And so they start doing things that are outside of themselves in order to get that. And this obviously affects who they are, which ultimately reflects uh, within their relationship. So for someone that has constantly been seeking the approval of others or saying yes to the things they really want to say no to, how does that person come back into themselves? How do they stay centered? Well, you've got to you've got to really be mindful of what you're letting in, um, right? You've got to you've got to guard the gate, right? Because we've got so many distractions with life stuff here and humanitarian stuff here and money stuff here and the health stuff there, and you know we're all we are so bombarded with images of why we're not good enough, right? I pick up my Instagram and. I see immediately 10 guys who've got nicer cars and bigger houses and <laughs> pretty apart, right? All these things. And so it's, and it's only natural that you're like, oh, wow, I don't, you know, I don't have a Ferrari that I can take a picture of. <laughs> so what does that mean? And so you start to feel like, because, yeah, and so the first thing is to understand that it's not necessary, right? The, let's, let's start with the things. Why do we want the things? Why do I want the big house? Why do I want the the Ferrari? Why do I want the Bugatti? Why do I want the nice clothes? Why do I want the Rolex? I want it because I think it's going to make me feel better. I think I'm going to like the way I feel when I drive it. I think I'm going to like the way I feel when I wake up in the morning in this big, lavish, luxurious house. I'm going to feel significant. I'm going to feel accomplished. I'm going to feel certain that I've achieved a level of success that can't be taken away. So there are other ways to get that feeling. You don't have to have the thing I can show you how to get the feeling. If I could show you how to get the feeling without the thing, would you still want the thing? Probably not. Think about what you wanted when you were 22 that you thought was going to make you happy. And now years later, you're like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I can't have say no. You don't want that, right? Because back then, that was the thing you thought would give you the feeling. But since then, you've learned, yeah, I can, I've, I've, I've gotten that feeling doing five other things. And so that's the first thing, right? Forget about the things, right? And it's hard to do, but focus on the feeling. Focus on the way you want to feel, and then the things are going to come. If you wake up feeling good and passionate about this thing, you are going to get so good at that thing that you're going to be able to track all those other feel-good things into your orbit. It's just, it's just going to happen. So focus on the feeling for sure. And then a lot of what we're, we're suffering from, man, is just a lack of how to love ourselves. It, it, it really is. 
and we see all these reasons why other why we think other folks do oh yeah they're good looking i see why they're happy oh they're rich i see why they're happy they got a great job okay i see why they're happy we just get so caught up in watching everybody else's highlight reel on the scroll and we don't feel like what we have to share is good enough so you've got to really polish up that connection you got to wake up in the morning and put something good in there you got to look in that mirror and tell the person who's looking back at you three things you love about them. Not three things your mom said. Not three things your dad said that time at Thanksgiving or Christmas. Not three things your last boyfriend or girlfriend said. Three things that you look at in the mirror. It's like, you know what, Joel? This is what I love about you, man. One, two, and you say it to yourself in a sincere, authentic way. It sounds so silly, and it sounds... And the first time you ever try it, you're going to get through one year, but like, nope, not doing it. That feels weird. <laughs> but, but if you could get good at it, and if you could push, push through that thing, it really makes you, the first thing you notice is how uncomfortable you are with it. And then you ask the next logical question, which is, why am I so uncomfortable telling myself some good stuff about me? And from there, now you're on the track. Now you're on the track to solving that problem because now you're really coming to terms with who it is I think I am and why. Who taught me to think about myself the way I do? And let me really unravel and unpack a lot of that. Yeah, because a lot of that's in the unconscious, right? And right. so there needs to be some reprogramming that's in play. It's funny how you made the statement about the Ferrari. Uh, I used to really want a Lamborghini a good 10 oh, years ago before I created Addicted to Success. Yes. And now I live in Bali, Indonesia, and I ride a $2,000 scooter and I love it more than anything. I, I, I don't want a Lamborghini anymore. And it's right. because it gives me that feeling of freedom, like just right. feeling the wind blowing on me and just cruising through the rice fields. And a exactly. Lamborghini can't give me that same feeling. Exactly, right? You, you wanted to feel like you're a part of this thing. I want, I want to feel free. I want to feel connected when I want, right? And so you figured out, I don't really need the Lambo to get that because this is the thing that's really getting me closer to how I want to feel. What I really, do I want to feel successful? Yeah, I want to feel successful. Do I want to feel important? Sure, everybody wants to feel important, but mostly Joel wants to feel free. And this gets me closer to that because you now you, mentally you're at a place where you're attracting so many of these other things just through where you live and what you experience and now everything starts to line up. And so we got this term in psychiatry we call congruence, right? What I think needs to match with what I feel, which needs to match up with what I do. And if you can live in as congruent a way as possible, life is great and you are happy. And so you're finding that, you know, where I, what I, where I live matches up with how I want to, you know, how I want to live and how I thought I would live and how I want to feel my life is congruent and it feels great. <laughs> so, but we get so distracted, right? By the thing, by the noise. Well, I guess I need to look this way if I want to be happy with how I look. I guess I need to have these things if I want people to know I'm successful. Forget about the noise, focus on the feeling and then match your life up with that. Yeah, yeah, amen, man, amen. It's funny too, that it, the scooter is a one hundredth of the price of a Lamborghini and it cost me like five bucks. Five bucks in petrol a week, dude. <laughs> I love it. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. Love you can it. get the same feeling it. or similar feeling for, for like that much less. It's, it's insane. So, okay. So you talked about having congruence, right? With your, what you think and what you feel. Now, when you bring another person into the mix, it starts to play with the dynamic of that a little bit, right? Like it starts to challenge that at times. So how can we best communicate to our partner about what it is that we desire in our relationships so we can have a better understanding and connection? What do you feel? Oh, works, I, I love that question. We talk about needs and wants, right? This is the thing at the start of every relationship we're really, really good at talking about. You can't ask your partner enough questions at the beginning of that relationship. Oh, well, what's your favorite color? What is, what's your favorite thing to do? Where do you like to go? What's your favorite, right? We can't get enough information about what they need and what they want in this life to feel good. But after a certain amount of time, we start to assume that we heard it and we know it and we start to assume that well because they know me you know me for five years you know we've, we've done all these things i shouldn't have to tell you you should know these things that i need and want to be happy and and when they show up and somehow don't get it right it's like oh, that, well that must mean something that that must mean you don't love me that must mean you're going to leave me that must mean i may not get the love i need tomorrow oh my god i'm about to freak out and so it's, all, it's, it's always about 
being able to communicate what you need and what you want. But in order to do that, you got to know <laughs> what you need and what you want and how you need to receive it. You know, the love languages thing is real. Do you need them to present you with a surprise gift? If that, is that the way you receive love? Great. Do you need them to tell you the words of how much they love you and how much they want to be with you? Okay. Do you need them to touch you? You need the physical touch, that connection. Do you need the quality time, right? There's no wrong answer and there's no, no reason why you have to pick just one. You can have all of those things, right? What do you need? It's not about the why, right? This is how I receive love in my best way possible and be comfortable sharing that with your partner. You know, we're really good at talking about the thing I've found, Joel, in relationships is that people are really good at sharing what they need and want at the beginning and at the end. But we totally screw it up when it comes to the middle part, which is where we need it the most. Right? We don't allow for the fact that, hey, you know what? The person I knew five years ago, you're probably a different person, right? You've experienced some different things. You've been to different places. You've grown and matured. Let's tell me what you need and want now because we – we get scared to tell our partner that because if I tell them the thing has changed, then maybe that means we're no longer a good match and maybe this thing is going to end. Yeah, you give trust in the fact that your partner is changing just as you do and they're going to be just as interested in, and allow for, allow for the fact that each other changes, right? But you've got to always communicate those changes and you can never think they're too weird or they're too outlandish or they're too different from the person you used to be because we're all there for the ride. Yeah, I feel that so much, man. I think we're always trying to go back into safety and comfortability, which is that certainty, that need of certainty. And it's like, you don't want to ask the question because if that's not the answer that you wanted, it, it's a threat to your certainty in thinking right. that you know what it is that's, that's happening right now. And I think this is a practice, man. I, I don't know if I'm wrong in saying it, but I feel like it's a practice of like stepping in all the time, no matter what. And then showing yourself as like a feedback in reality that it's not something to be feared, that there's actually growth there in the uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. I, I love the way you say, right. You gotta, you gotta practice stepping in because we're, we're, nobody wants to get the door slammed in their face. Nobody wants to get rejected. I don't want this thing to end because now I got to get back out there and find somebody again. And I got to tell them everything about me all over again. <laughs> nobody wants. And so what you'll find is that, the last time you stepped in and you were totally terrified, you were scared to do it. Oh my God, I'm, I'm going to die if I do this. Oh my God. And what happened when you did? You didn't die and it worked out okay. Because you're still here and you're still kicking. And so let's bring that experience to this one. And we're going to try it again. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you are being super uncomfortable and risking it, then the better it works out for you because it's all... Life is not about staying the same. Life is about noting the contrast. Oh, right. I, I have this. I can, it could be this or this. I think I'll pick this and move forward. Great. Now I have this and this. Well, I think I'll pick this and move forward. And so you got to get comfortable stepping in there. And when people talk about trust in a relationship, yeah, that's part of it, right? You got to trust that your partner can handle it, right? This is the person you pick. You pick them for a great reason. Trust that they can handle the truth of who you are and handle that in a loving, caring way. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. You got to have that. You got to sprinkle a little bit of that faith yeah, in the space. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and, and the other side of that, you're, you're going to trust that your partner can handle your truth, but you're also going to trust a little bit more in yourself that whatever happens, whatever feedback I get from them, good, bad, or anywhere in between, I trust that I can handle it and I'm going to be okay, right? You got to have that level of certainty going into it because when you don't, that's when we start to compromise on what we need and compromise on our asking because we don't think we're going to get it. And then that's when things go totally off the rails. Yes. Yes. My uh, mentor, Dr. John Martini, you might've heard of him before. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 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 He's a man. Yeah. Yeah. He, he says to me that um, growth is found in the experience between challenge and support. And I think a lot of relationships that do come from a toxic place are more about like that person uh, responding in a way or reacting in a way of like how they want their needs met and how, like what they're not happy with. And then the other person's reacting as well to that in itself because they feel rejected. Right. So there's no real challenge and support from a healthy sense. Right. I, I, I uh, saw a documentary the other day. I think you've seen it too. The uh, Michael Jordan one, save the last dance. 
Yeah. And I wish it was back I, on again right now. <laughs> I love that so much. Dude, how awesome is that documentary? When I was seven years old, I watched Space Jam and I was so inspired for the first time in my life. I told my mom and she went out and bought me this book called Rare Air by Michael Jordan, right? It's a, a biography book. It's and on my bed right now, Rare Air. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> right. I can walk in the next room and grab it. It's what I wake up looking at every morning, the picture with him and the towel over in the white. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> You know, the thing that I love about Michael Jordan, that's what actually introduced me to self-development at seven years old, was I would read about like his mindset and his habits and who he'd surround himself with. And I just got, I was like, oh, there's a way to be a winner in this world. And what's really interesting is I always thought that like my greatest breakthroughs and growth would come from going and setting the goal and then hitting it and achieving it. But it wasn't just that. It was, it was actually having relationships where I was in that moment of challenge and support. And I had to like look, face myself and look at my wounds. Like the, the women I was dating at the time were like the perfect mirrors reflecting back to me the parts that I hadn't accepted myself. There were the triggers and everything else. And oh, what yeah. I realized was I really started to shift in dating and relationships when I started to make it more of like this challenge. I was like, okay, I'm up for this challenge now. I'm not attaching this idea to it having to be perfect or having to be the person that I'm with forever. I'm here to be present in this dating or relationship experience to see like what else is there to be challenged within me. And then also how can I show up even if it's not, even if I know it's not something that's going to go there long-term, how can I show up in support in that space while we can both work through and communicate our things. And I, I definitely started looking at that documentary in a different way where I'm like, man, Michael Jordan is crazy focused. He's so disciplined. He used to create his own competitions and challenges in his own mind in order to be inspired enough to go to that next level. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what if we did that in relationships, man? Like challenged ourselves within the relationship. Right, right, right. But one of the coolest things about, you know, watching it all over again and kind of following him, like I said, since we were kids, is that he's, you know, one of the things he always said that struck out, that struck me was that he was like, the way I got to be the best was that I never compared my skills and my game to anybody else on the court. I was always competing against the best version of myself. And how can I take that and make it even a little bit better? And so it's, it's, the, it's the same. How, what, if, like, what if we brought that mentality to our relationships, right? I, um, I used to live in Miami and I got to know Dennis Rodman, right? And so we would have some of the coolest conversations about basketball and about playing with MJ. And I'll never forget, man, he said, Here's, here's why Michael Jordan is the best. He was like, because at no time during stepping on the court with him, did he or you ever believe you were going to lose? He was like, we knew yeah. we were going to win. There was no question in anybody's mind, whether we're down 10, 20 points with five minutes left, it was simply a matter of how are we going to get it done? <laughs> because we know we're going to get a win. Right. And so what if you stepped into your relationship with that mentality? Right. We don't have to I don't have to tiptoe around a hard conversation with you because I know we're going to get it done. It's just a matter of how we come out. Right. It's just it's just a matter of what's the problem. I don't have to worry about telling you and sharing this thing with you that you may be a little disappointed in me about because I know we're going to win together. I know it. I it's a knowing. It's not something I believe about you and me. It's something I just know about us because we're on the same team and we keep it like that. And I know it's going to imagine, imagine the kind of love you would have. And if that's the case, right? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy that you, uh, you used to live in Miami. I used to live in Miami too. Again, yeah. maybe 13, 14 years back. And, and it's so cool that you were able to have that relationship with Dennis Rodman and to have yeah. that insight as well. That's so cool. And, and yeah. I agree with the whole making an effort in relationships because Dr. Miles Monroe, he's a, a Christian, or he actually has passed away now. He's a Christian uh, uh, leadership coach and speaker, incredible man. He's such a powerful teacher and speaker. Les Brown even credits him to a lot of his mm. inspiration for success. He says he's such yeah. an incredible leader. And Dr. Miles Monroe said that, you know, he's, I can love airplanes, but I don't know how to fly one. You know, I can love a sports car, but I have no idea how to fix one. If I want to learn how to do that, 
I'd have to sit with it. I'd have to get the manual. I'd have to sit through it and, and practice and read. And I'd have to sit the test and be challenged by it and be in it to support that and be around it in order to be able to really be able to do that. And he says the same thing with relationships. It requires effort. And he says, love is not the greatest thing. As controversial yeah. as it sounds, it, like you can love someone but still be in a relationship where the effort's not there and it's going to fall right. apart. Absolutely. Absolutely. You must see this so often, bro. Like people well, not willing the, that, to make the effort. Right. That's the thing, right? You think, okay, once I find them and we commit to each other, great, done, put that on shelf, got it. <laughs> Check that off the list. And that's just not where it ends. That is simply the starting point. That's where it really begins. You know, you've got you've to think about what it is I can, you're always, you know, in, in a relationship, you're always, two different things are always happening, right? One person is tending the garden and the other person's picking the fruit, right? Who am I going to be today? Oh, am, I, am, I, am I doing, am I on garden duty today? Okay, great. I'll do, I'll do those things, right? I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I say the, I take the patience and I say the kind words and I do the surprise guess. I'll do that. And then sometimes I get to pick the fruit. Wow, that, that is delicious. Thank you. I'll have another please, right? But you're always doing one of those two things. <laughs> and I think part of the, part of the, part of the disconnection, Joe, comes in that we start to take certain things for granted, right? We start to take the kindness that we showed at the beginning of the relationship for granted. We start to take, you know, the fact that they're always, that we're always going to be desired for granted, right? You know, you're, you're <laughs> before that first date, you know, you're, you're hitting those few extra push-ups tonight and all, right? All these things, right? We, we, we're making that <laughs> effort because we want to make sure that this thing goes right. And so we, we get lazy because we get used to things because we take things for granted. We assume that it's running on automatic and we forget to put the fuel back in the car, right? You, you, you got to, whether it's a Lamborghini or whether it's a, whether it's a scooter, you got to put gas in it. <laughs> it's not going to go without the gas. Right. And so you, we, we forget to do those things. We forget the maintenance. Like when I, when I was a kid, there was a, um, and we, we forget it because we stopped talking, right? So when I was a kid, we, we, our cars, we had to take them in every 3,000 miles. You got to get an oil change, got to get tuned up. And so I like to think of the relationship in the same terms. I call it a 3,000 minute checkup, which is about every two and a half days, right? You don't want to go any more than every two and a half days without sitting down, phones down, noise off, and you're just checking, how are you doing? How are you doing? How was, how was, how was, how was life? Not life with me. How is life with you? How are you doing? Right? Because we've got this thing we're doing together, but at no point is that all of who I am. I'm still an individual, right? I'm, I still, I'm still having my separate experiences. How is that going for you? And you just check in and it sounds so simple, but you know, we, we rarely do it, especially in this, in this cycle, we get so caught up in the cycle, the cycle, the news, the next thing, the distraction, the thing I'm wanting and the thing I thought I'm almost at. And we get so pulled in so many different directions, kids, jobs, family, friends, money. Check in. What, how are you doing? What, that part. Tell me about that part. And then, and then once you ask the question, allow them the courtesy to answer. <laughs> Let them fill in the space. Just sit and listen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one for a lot of people because uh, I think a lot of people don't feel like seen, heard and understood. I know a lot, that's a big thing for women too, is to really be seen, heard and understood in relationships. Uh, you know, I, I've been traveling the world for the last seven years, teaching mm. people how to live in their 10 year vision for success. And what's really interesting is, is that I get couples to separate when they're in the room. I say, you guys aren't sitting together. And they, so they sit and they start writing out their vision and it's so funny because they so want to know what their partner is putting the vision because they're trying to like write the same thing because they don't want to yeah. get in trouble, right? And, right? and then finally, I get them right. to sit next to each other. And it's really interesting to see what shows up. There's a few things. It's either they sit and go, oh my gosh, I, I didn't know that that's what you wanted to create. This is exciting. Let's do it, right? The other one is, oh my gosh, that's nothing like what I see myself doing the next five to 10 years. And then they may have some issues. Or they look at it and go, that may not be exactly what I want, but I'm willing to support you in that. Let's like meet in the middle and see how we can make this yeah. grow for both of us. So do you, do you find this that. as well within relationships, like losing sight of the vision yeah. it starts to create uncertainty in the relationship? I, I, lo I love that, man. I love because you put, 
you focus the laser on exactly where it hurts the most. It's like, it's like a doctor, right? I need to know where it hurts the most so I can fix it. So when you separate them, you put it right there. Oh my God, I can't do this apart because what if we want different things? Then what does that mean? Does that mean we can't be together, bro? right? And so to figure that out. But yeah, it, it, people's, you know, we're, we are all, I believe we're all spiritual beings try to, trying to figure out how to do this human physical journey, right? And I believe we are all sent here with a purpose, with a gift. There's a thing you do better than anybody else, and it's effortless for you. You, you knew it since you were a kid, and if you were able to hold on to it, you, you're lucky enough to do it now. Um, what we feel like is, you know, we, we feel pressure from the outside world. 90% of the decisions we make in life about life are influenced by everybody else we know. People we know, people we love, people who are friends. Think, think about that. 90% of the decisions you make, normally that we make, are influenced by other people, right? Well, I can't bring this person home because mom's not going to like them. And I, I can't work at this job because, well, they're going to be a little disappointed in me, like, right? And so I can't live in this neighborhood because people are going to think differently of me, or I can't show up and get all of these things. And so relationships are no different, right? The, the tendency is, you know, it's like, and we see it in Hollywood all the time. You know, two people get together and they're no longer Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, right? They're Brad Jelena. No, you're not. <laughs> you're always going to be Brad. She's always going to be Angelina, right? And that's okay. You, it's, you know, if we could bring it around to, to the race thing right now, it's like you have some people who say, well, you know, I don't see color. Well, you should, right? Because it's a difference, right? And we're, we are allowed that difference. It's like you said. We all want to be seen, heard, and understood, right? I, I want you to know that I am apart and separate from you, and I want you to be able to accept those differences. But then also, ultimately, I would love it if you could actually appreciate those differences. And the same thing goes for your relationship, right? We don't have to be on one accord every single time. If you're in a relationship and you two are thinking the same things every single time, then one of you is unnecessary. <laughs> because you're not growing and you're not changing. And so you want, right, as aggravating, as frustrating as it is, you want somebody who's going to challenge you, who's going to think a little differently, who's going to tell you some things that maybe you don't want to hear today, but maybe you know what? I probably needed to hear that. And so that's what you're there for. You're there for the juice, for the spark. You're not there for the vanilla, the same thing every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So embrace that bit and you'll be fine. Yes. Yes, man. Amen. You know, it's interesting. I had this conversation with someone a couple of days back because of everything that's happening. And, uh -huh. and they're like, what do you believe? Like, which side do you want? Who is it? And I'm like, honestly, all I care about is the truth. Like, yeah. wherever yeah. that's found, that's where I want it right. to be. Because I think that so often we are so bombarded with what's popular that we take that as like the cheap, phony like short-sighted thing to give us yeah. that hit now rather than go, wait a minute, let's like really look at this and, and, and even like pray on this or like ask questions, use critical thinking, like right. have open communication with people that are of all different, you know, yeah. different worldviews. And let's see like, what is actually here? What are we actually really looking at? And I think a lot of people are scared of truth. It hurts when it, it comes does. out, people, people get triggered and, uh, sometimes the pace to just observe and go, okay, well, what's happening here? And let me see, like, what, what is aligned? What feels like there's truth in this, you know? So yeah. we're in a very interesting time. And it's so funny because how you feel about yourself reflects in relationships and then how yeah. your relationship is can also affect, you know, your day and the other people around you because you start showing up in a different kind of way. And then that can affect your worldview. It, it, there's just so much there. And I think that as a, not even just as a nation within America, you know, I'm over here in Australia. It's a bit different seeing it from that perspective. I used to live in America, but um, just as a world, we're hurting. Like we're really hurting. We're wounded. There's, there's wounds there. And now it's like, well, if someone keeps coming up and poking the wound, it's, it's going to open something up. And then we all, we get to look at it and acknowledge it. That's the only way we can change it is by acknowledging that it's actually there instead of hiding and avoiding and pretending not to know that it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and be willing to accept the part we all play in it, right? Um, you know, Absolutely. there's, right? We, we, nobody's, nobody's off the hook, <laughs> no matter what color you are. We're all in this thing together. We, you know, I love that old Ram Das quote. It's like, we're all just walking each other home, 
right? We're all, we're all in this thing together. And so let's look at the part we're all playing and see if we can just play a little bit better part. It's not going to be perfect tomorrow. It's not going to stop tomorrow. It's not going to all go back to normal tomorrow. But what can we do today in this moment that helps it be just a little bit better? Just a little yeah. bit. And, and, go, and go and let's care enough to ask the next question, right? And so like you said, I love that. Ask the next question. Okay, this horrible thing happened to this guy. Oh, my God. Get angry. Get horrified. Get shocked but then ask the next question, why'd that happen? Yeah. Oh, well, because uh, there was a fake $20 bill and you know, they've been looking for people doing that. Oh, okay, well, okay, is that, well, why did that happen? What? Okay. Hey, great, got it. What's the next question? Worth them dying? Hmm, probably not. Well, I want. Always ask the next question, regardless of where it takes you, and, and just trust that you can have the conversation, right? And you can and you can be okay on the other side of that conversation. I think what happens, especially here in the states, you lived here, so you know that. Uh, I was talking to some guys yesterday, man, um, off of uh, the well, Dean and uh, Jared off the Bachelor, the Bachelorette series, Bachelor in Paradise, and I was like, you know, one of the one of the problems that white people are having here with the conversation is every bringing up of the race conversation seems like an invitation for you to feel bad about who you are. And that's yeah. not what the conversation is, right? You, should, you shouldn't have to feel less than. You shouldn't have to feel worse about your achievements. You shouldn't have to feel like you didn't earn everything you have. You earned what you have. You achieved those things. You have your own demons that you have fought and beaten back. You deserve to feel good about that. The conversation isn't about stripping any of that from you. The conversation is about understanding everything that you've gone through in this life as an individual. But imagine doing it if you were black. That's just the conversation, right? And, and understanding how that part works and, 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 going, and going from there. It's like um, I likened it to you know, trying to bring the two sides together. It's like, okay, here's the situation. I am in a river and I can't swim and I am drowning. And Joel comes by and Joel's got a nice boat. <laughs> he sees me drowning. And Joel's like, oh, that guy's drowning. I'm going to throw him a life preserver. Great. Thanks, Joel. But you know what might even help even better? Can you throw a brother a rope? <laughs> Just kind of let me get to the boat. <laughs> or can you get me back to shore? Right? And so for me, who's screaming out for help because I think I'm literally dying right now, you, you can't possibly do enough for me in that situation to, to satisfy me and help, right? and help me get to where you are. But you can do enough to get me there. And then for you, it's like, okay, how much does this guy want? First, you want a life preserver. Now you want a rope. Now you want to ride in the boat. What you want me to take you to get a burger? When you, what, what? What is enough? And so I think everybody just needs to press pause and understand that we can meet somewhere in the middle, right? You, I don't need all of. I don't need a hundred percent effort from you, and and I got to understand that. Yeah, it's going to take some doing and some time for me to get from one place to the to another. You know, I love listening to Abraham Hicks. She always says, you know, you can't get there from here, right? You're feeling worthless. You want to be happy. Well, you can't get there from here, <laughs> right? You gotta yeah. you gotta go from worthless to some optimism and so right. You, it's a process. It's a process. And I think if I like to think of, um, I like to put people on a thousand year plan. What would you do today? if you knew you had a thousand years to make it happen, right? How, how different would your decision-making process be? How more relaxed would you be in that moment, right? How, mu what, how much more care and patience would you show with folks if you know you had a thousand years to get it right? That's because it's gonna happen. Yeah, wow, man, what an awesome perspective. I love this. I yeah. love hearing this because I think that, like I said before at the start of the call, there is a lot of confusion and, and people yeah. are reacting through emotion and instead yeah. of sitting down and going like, cool, like yeah. what does this look like and how do we, yeah. how do we navigate this? So such a great share. Thank you for sharing yeah. it, man. Yeah. yeah, man, I appreciate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah man. So this obviously is, we can translate this even into relationships too that we yeah. have. Uh, and I know that often we're not seeking to understand one another because we're so in our stuff. Is there one more exercise that you could share that for the listeners that are listening right now that are like, okay, I got my pad and my pen. What's it like a reprogramming exercise or something that will create a perspective shift in them if they are finding it tough to 
have a better relationship with themselves? Yeah, I think uh, we, 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 we self-trigger, right? We, we, we go through life looking for the evidence to support how it is we feel about ourselves, right? And if I feel like I'm a little less worthy, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very acutely aware of everything on my horizon that, that helps remind me of that. And so I think what you really want to do in that situation is you want to learn how to be kind with yourself. Right? You want to learn how to be patient with yourself. You want to learn how to, the, the love that you're wanting to receive, what, what could you do to give that love to yourself, right? What's, what's one of those, I like, sometimes I put folks on a seven-day plan where I make them give themselves a gift every day for seven days. Something, what is it? It could be a cupcake, it could be a cookie, it could be a <laughs> walk through your, you know, through your favorite book. What are those, what, how, do you, how do you learn to self-soothe? How do you learn to, to, to do the nice things for yourself? How do you learn to show yourself, treat yourself with that sweetness, with that tenderness, with that kindness? Because if you don't know what it feels like, how do you know when you're getting it from somewhere else? You've got to know what that feels like and you've got to know how you want to receive that and you've got to stop allowing yourself to be self-triggered. And so I always help people ask the, ask the relevant question, what else could that mean? Right? Tony Robbins, brilliant. What else could this mean? I love when he helps couples ask that question. Okay, they were supposed to call me. He said he was going to call at 9. It's now 9.30. I am really pissed because he always does this and he's so irresponsible. And I knew he didn't care about me as much as I cared about him. But what else could it mean? Could it mean it was stuck in traffic? Possibly. Could be. Could it mean his phone actually did die? Could be. <laughs> Could it mean that, oh my goodness, maybe something actually happened that prevented him from calling at the time that he said he would? Could be, right? And until we find the information, right? What we all need is information. It's, we got information, we've got an overload of distractions, but not a whole lot of information. So until you get all the information, let's try to keep it in the moment, right? It, it could be. Could be the things you thought, right? It could be because he doesn't love you. It could be because you're not pretty enough. You're not tall enough. You don't make enough. All of those things you think, those battles you're fighting with yourself. Or, or it could be something that doesn't have anything in the world to do with you. 90% of the stuff that happens in your relationship is about them. It ain't about you, right? We are all trying to be as selfless as we can. But the first person I think about every morning when I wake up is me. It's just this. That's how it right? We are all our own favorite subjects. And most of the decisions we're making are about us. And if it spills over and affects you, it's usually inadvertent because we didn't see how it was going to happen. But hey, just let me explain. And so understand, there's always ask that that question will save your relationship. What else could it mean? What else could it mean? Oh my God, they canceled the date. What does that mean? I knew we were going to break up. I saw this coming. My girlfriend, no, no, hold on, hold on. Maybe he really did have to go out of town for work, right? Let's get some information first before we act. act. What else can this mean? We'll talk of, that will talk you off that crazy ledge every single time, back to a space of rationality, back to a space of feeling that I am not less than and I am worthy and you can remind yourself of that. So I love that question. That's the practice of that part. Yes, I love that, man. It's like search for the information and have a virtue around the realization. It's like the information is not enough because you said there's so much information out there. So I get the information. Cool. What's the realization I have in this? Mm -hmm. And what is it teaching me about myself? Because I often think if you're constantly having to get that from your partner, there's something within me that I'm not meeting within myself and I'm expecting my partner to have to meet it for me, which is a losing game, right? Yes. Yeah, because that's a, that's a losing. You're going to lose... That's like going to Vegas. House is going to win every single time. You're never going to, you're never winning. You're <laughs> never coming home with that, right? That's a losing gambit every single time. And again, it goes back to what's the, what's the thing I'm looking for? How is it I want to feel? I wonder if there's anything I could do to help me feel that regardless of what else is happening in the world, right? House is burning down. I wonder how I can be okay, right? We all need that certainty. We all want to know when we lay our head on the pillow, we're going to be all right when we wake up in the morning. Find a way to give yourself those things. Find, you know, and, may, and maybe they're not things. Maybe they're feelings. Maybe they're 
maybe it's going back and forgiving somebody you've been po holding on to that poison for for years and years and it's really coloring the way you see the world maybe it's shedding some forgiveness over here some patience and understanding over here yeah maybe mom wasn't the best she could have been but understand that she didn't need to be because if she was, you wouldn't be who you needed to be. And so under, you know, putting everything in perspective, there's always a way to give to yourself the thing you're looking to get. And then once you have it, now you can give it a hundredfold because we can never give a thing we don't have. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I love that. You got to fill your cup first. I love <laughs> this. Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. So Ish, thank you so much for being here with us today. There's just so much value in this. And uh, such a necessary conversation for so many right now. So I really appreciate you, bro. Uh, how can we find you online? Where are you? Uh, I'm everywhere, man. Go to the website, drishmajor.com, D-R-I-S-H-M-A-J-R.com. Got a, cool, a bunch of cool free stuff uh, I'm giving away there. Um, I, I do a couples compatibility quiz with every couple who comes on the show. And uh, a lot of my non-celebrity couples really enjoy downloading that for free. Um, I got a three dates or less where you can find your perfect partner in three days less for free. A lot of ladies don't realize this. Guys like to fall in love too. Guys know when they're falling <laughs> in love by the end of that third date. We know if you're the one or not. We may not tell you, but we know, <laughs> right? So we're going to see how it goes. And I got a really cool uh, take-home boot camp that I just launched where you can, you can take it home. You can do the exact same stuff we do on the show in the comfort of your own home with your partner. And I'm basically giving it away for half price because – you know, coronavirus has hit everybody, man. And you don't have to, you know, you shouldn't have to be rich and famous just to get good information and try to live your best romantic relationship life. So go there, obviously follow me all over the social media platform. Same guy, Dr. Is Major. You know, I try to be as, uh, as the same and as authentic as possible at every single place I go. Yes, 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 yes. Love that, man. Really love it. Thank you so much. Now we end every interview with this last question. And the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech, to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Wow, what a great question. I would say, I hope you find a way to make this world a more loving place by helping as many people as you can to first accept love and then embrace themselves. Because I think that's, that's the full realization of the dream, right? We wanna, we want to feel good. We want to feel loved and we've got to help each other do it. We're all here just walking each other home. We're, the, we're these spiritual beings undergoing this physical experiment and it's hard. And so we've got to help each other do that, right? And, and, and the way to do that, to way, the way to help you love you is to help me love me. And if I can find that love within myself, then I'm much more apt to be able to share it and, and, and help you find it and give a little bit to you too. So uh, for me, that would, be, that would be my part of words, yeah. <laughs> 